welcome to Ohanga. My name is Nick Johnson, and today I will be speaking with Andrew Nasser. How's it going, Nick? Great. It's a pleasure to have you. We'll go ahead and get started with the questions here. The first question I have for you is what kind of art do you do? Uh, so I'm a ceramic artist. I primarily make uh, functional wares on the pottery wheel. So anything from mugs to uh, spoon rest, jewelry dishes, things like that. Uh, I do occasionally do hand um, sculpted pieces too. And sometimes I'll do a combination of the two. And how did you get involved with this type of art? Uh, so I've always been interested in artwork. Um, ever since I was in high school, I took just about every art class you can think of. Uh, I did take a one sculpture class in high school. Our teacher did not let us uh, touch the wheels very much. I don't think she trusted us. We're kind of, me and my friends are kind of hooligans in high school. She convinced me to uh, pursue a degree in graphic design because I really love working with computers and I love art. So why not combine the two? But during my time at UMass Dartmouth, um, I went to Bristol Community College first, then I transferred to UMass Dartmouth. Uh, but during my last semester at UMass Dartmouth, I did take a, um, a wheel throwing uh, class as an art elective. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was like during my senior year. But anyway, I took the class. I loved it. Um, after I graduated, I said to myself, I really want to keep doing this, uh, but I don't want to, you know, keep paying for college courses. So I sought out a studio, which I found one right in Warren, Rhode Island, uh, Mudstone Studios. And they do regular wheel courses. So I signed up for a beginner's course. I think I took maybe each course is you know six classes long. I think maybe I took three of them in a, in a row before the owner finally twisted my arm and convinced me to become a member. Uh, and that was back in uh, 2015. So I've been a member ever since then. Um, you know, I'm there every, just about every other day making stuff. So that's kind of how I got and into it. On that road to um, becoming an artist, is there any one person that particularly influenced this artistic pursuit of yours? Uh, I can't say there's any one. Uh, Definitely can say, you know, that my prof uh, my teachers in high school who originally pushed me to pursue a degree in um, design, I can thank them because I think without them, I wouldn't have done that. I had been looking at going to school for music and I always loved to cook, so... I was considering maybe going for a degree, like a culinary degree. Um, so I had my options, but they really pushed me to do design. So, I mean, if I didn't go in that direction, I don't think I ever would have started doing this, this artwork. So definitely them, uh, my professors in college, because I was a graphic design major. I think the work I've done as a graphic designer since I graduated has really influenced my ceramic work because I incorporate a lot of design into my ceramics so I do a lot of um, a lot of typography or uh, gr simple graphics that I translate onto my ceramics so yeah I mean there's um, you know a million people I can thank I don't think there's any one that I can thank more than the other though for sure that's very cool it sounds like there's kind of like a, a fusion between your passion mm -hmm. um, to make ceramics and also you know a little bit of your educational background as well in graphic design yeah. Definitely. Very cool. And our next question here is, what would you say motivates or inspires your art? Uh, I think it depends on what I'm making at the time. Uh, definitely the different um, locations in uh, Rhode Island. Like I, I like to make a lot of Bristol themed pieces. I, um, I'm in a store, uh, a co-op in Bristol. Um, you know, join Nohanga. I'm going to be developing some Newport 
uh, pieces that are going to be exclusive to the store. So definitely the location, especially for things like, you know, mugs. I like to put like, you know, Bristol Rhode Island on a mug or things, something like that. Um, but then like for the jewelry dishes that I like to make, I like to make these little funky jars that have really funny um, handles on them. So like I'll be inspired just like by regular everyday items. Like sometimes I'll make a, the handle will be like a stack of donuts or I've done one that was a camera. I've done one that was block of cheese a lot of them a lot of more food objects actually now that i think about it um but like just ra absolutely random items uh that, are, that just make really unique um pieces so i kind of draw inspiration from just about anything i can look at it sounds like um no two of your pieces are exactly the same yeah i mean i definitely have lines of work that i try to replicate them as to be identical if i can but then there are some pieces that i make that are more for me to make to in to push myself and test my creativity like those jars those are all one-off pieces um so there's the stuff that i'd make to try to really sell it and the stuff that i make to just to make things to express my creativity and those are kind of in that category absolutely sounds like you've uh, struck a very healthy balance there between the two yeah i think that's really important or because if, if it becomes too much like work then you don't really enjoy it absolutely. good point and the next question is, what themes or motifs do you think emerge from your art and why do these particular themes emerge? Um, like I said before, definitely typography and graphic design comes through a lot. Um, just I like to make a lot of simple illustrations, nothing too complex. Um, like, you know, one of my best selling, best selling pieces, especially around the holidays, is um, I made little spoon rests and had like a depiction of, um, the dish running away with the spoon, like the mother goose uh, nursery rhyme. Uh, so that's like one theme, like that do like really whimsical illustrations on my pieces. Uh, something that, you know, people look at and makes them smile, makes them laugh. And what obstacles would you say that you have faced in the pursuit of uh, your art? Probably the biggest obstacle would be time. You know, working full time, it's tough to, you know, check a balance between work work and my artwork. Obviously, you know, working full time that comes first because I gotta keep my job. So I always, you know, put that first. Um, but then, you know, any spare time I have, I always make sure I, you know, dedicate it to growing my business. Um, but sometimes it is tough to get in and get the amount of work done that I want to or need to. If you don't mind me asking, what is your full time job, and do you find it particularly um, difficult to balance the two, like with the line of work that you're in, or? So um, I'm a graphic designer. I work primarily in higher education. So I do a lot of um, work for uh, marketing for higher education. Um, I don't find it hard to balance it. It's just, you know, I work, I have my, my set work schedule in the morning into, into the, you know, afternoon. And then as soon as that's done, then I go to the studio and do work. I mostly do a lot of my work during the weekend because that's when I can, because I, if I really want to get a lot of work done, I need to go at the start of the day and work all day and get into a, you know, a groove. Uh, so I don't get a ton done during the week, mostly during the weekend. So it doesn't really interfere with uh, my, my work schedule or anything like that. And next question here is how do you deal, if at all, with the stereotype of the struggling artist? Yeah, um, I think because, because I do work full time and this isn't my full time. Um, it's not my primary source of income or anything like that. I don't think I suffer from that, you know, whatever those stereotypes are, um, you know, about the, you know, the starving artist or whatever. Um, I think the only stereotypes that 
I don't know if you call it a stereotype, but the only thing I ever, you know, uh, deal with as an artist is the, you know, the people that, um, you know, I, I come across that, you know, if they're at fairs or whatever, they might say like, uh, you know, oh, this much money for a mug. Oh, it's you know, much cheaper at Target or um, oh, I could make that. It's like, well, I think some people just don't uh, understand how much process like really goes behind uh, this type of this craft or any craft really. Like it's a, especially this craft is like very time consuming. It's, you know, when somebody asks like, oh, can you make me a mug? If you have it done and, you know, a week it's like nope it's gonna take you like it's gonna take like three weeks to get it done especially since i'm in a community community studio so i mean there's 30 members here and we're all competing to get work into the kiln so it's like it takes a while to get projects done uh, but yeah i don't know if i really have any have had any experience with any of the stereotypes uh it's definitely you know it's definitely a challenge to sell work for sure so i understand that um, but I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at my, you know, my elevator pitch when I'm dealing with customers at uh, shows and whatnot. Yeah, give them the quick rundown of why there's a little more love in your mugs than the uh, standard Target mug. Um, you kind of mentioned your uh, studio here. That kind of flows right into the next question. Can you describe a little bit uh, your workplace to me? Like, is it typically neat or messy um what time of day is it occupied any tools or lighting any sounds or smells just a general description of the space you usually create yeah um so it is a community studio so we try to keep the you know the common area pretty clean uh we have you know uh we have uh studio cleanup every so many months it's been kind of tough during the pandemic because uh, usually we all get here at the same time there's you know 30 plus of you know members we all pick a job and clean the place. So we try to keep it as dust free. But I have like my own little nook that I share with another member. And uh, I do try to keep it as clean as I can. Uh, so I'll take a mop and a broom and I'll, you know, I'll get all the clay dust out. But then, you know, after a long week of production work, it'll, it'll turn into like an abomination. Like it looks like a, you know, a tornado hit it and there's dust everywhere. So it can greatly vary whether or not my, my studio is clean or dirty. Right now it's probably... Uh, about to get a little bit dirtier tonight. Um, Sar smells uh, probably smells like uh, I don't know. I guess I don't really notice any smells anymore. But it probably smells a lot like dust. Uh, if if uh, if the kiln is firing, you might smell some like burning wax because we put wax in the bottom of our pieces that we glaze and stick to the bottom. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if there's any other smells that I can think of. Um, right now, actually, right now it's open studio. So if it's a if it's a busy night at open studio, it can be a lot of like a lot of chat and a lot of laughter because you know. Uh, but sometimes I'll come here at night and I'll be the only one here, and it'll be just dead silent. And you know, I might only have my light on, so it'll be pretty dark in the studio. Very right, cool. And just out of curiosity, do you prefer like one work setting over the other? Like, do you like when it's a very communal thing and the studio's packed, or do you like kind of you know just being you know alone there in the dark working on your piece by yourself? Uh, it depends on what I'm working on. Um, I mean, the reason why I like coming here is because it's such a great community. Like, if the opportunity ever came came to me where I could have my own home studio and only work from home, I probably wouldn't take that opportunity because I would miss the you know shenanigans that goes on here. Because um, like you know we all like to give each other a hard time you know in a joking way and it's, it makes it fun to be here. Um, so I do like having like that sense of community. Um, but like if I'm like 
trying to hammer out a lot of work. Sometimes, whether it's busy or not, I'll just go into my area, put my headphones on, and somebody wearing headphones is the universal sign for don't bother me. <laughs> I respect the headphones here. That's fair, yeah. It sounds like there's a very uh, tightly knit and just kind of, you know, fun community among the artists there, so that's awesome to hear. Yeah, definitely. And our next question here is, what is the ultimate goal for your art? What do you want it to be or mean to the audience or consumers that are looking at it? Yeah. Um, so for, for me, ultimately, I'd, I think every artist wants to, you know, make a living off their artwork. Um, but as far as the, uh, for the audience, um, I, you know, I, I like to create pieces that are um, a conversation starter or, you know, they're all very utilitarian. They're all everyday objects that you use, like, you know, mugs, spoon rests, like, you know, just things that you're going to use every day. So I want people to be able to use those things and, you know, make them smile every time they use them. Like, when you use them, you don't really think about it. You just use it. But I want somebody to, you know, as they're using my piece to, you know, remember why they bought it in the first place because they really, really liked it. Uh, and also, of course, you know, I want to have my work in as many places as I So my goal for this year was to make sure that I have a piece in every single state in the United States. I think I'm at 36 states right now. Congrats. That's great progress. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it sounds like um, you're kind of aiming for a, a healthy blend of like, you know, enjoying art, but also making that same art like practical. Is that fair to say? Like I said, I don't, I don't want it to become too much like work because then you, you don't enjoy it as much. But yeah, I, I think, I think, um, you know, whenever I, t you know, speak to aspiring, you know, designers, I tell them, you know, it's important to have like a creative outlet like this. Otherwise, because like sometimes, you know, when you leave work, you don't really feel that creative because you don't always get to do what you want to do. So I think it's important to have some kind of outlet like this where you do get to express yourself um, without it becoming work. Very well said. Absolutely. And we just got one more question here for you. And it's kind of a more broad question. Is there anything else, just generally speaking, um, about yourself, about your background about your art or your future plans for your art or business um anything like that that you think is important for the listeners to know yeah um well i mean a lot of people ask me about my uh the name of the business it's you know it's nasceramics that's always like the first question people ask me what does that mean uh, my last name is nasser and i make ceramics so nasceramics uh <laughs> a friend of mine came up with the name and he insists that i owe him royalties um Patrick, if you're listening to this, it's never going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Maybe someday. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's the origin of the name. As far as, like, you know, future goals in, in the craft is, of course, just, you know, just getting better at everything I do. I mean, there's always room for improvement. Um, I've been so deep into making these, you know, spoon rests have been, like, the most popular thing for, like, the last year. So, like, everything I've been making for the last year has been, like, no taller than two inches i want to get back into making taller stuff lose that skill so i think you know for this next year i got to practice making some bigger things um yeah i'm not sure what else there is to know i think i've covered just about everything no well said it was uh, a pleasure talking to you today andrew